You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. Inside Black and Gold, one more segment here, and we're getting ready for Saints Panthers. Saints five and Panthers eleven, and and you know it's uh, before we get into the X factors. One thing that's obviously worth talking about is the Saints don't control their own destiny, technically, right? Right, and and so it doesn't really matter in terms of you just got to win your all your games and and figure out how to get through it, but. It's going to be frustrating if the Saints do find a way to win their final five games uh, or even four out of five and beat the Falcons week week 18 and still miss the playoffs, right? Yeah, that's what happened in 2021. Um, but the, the the Falcons, they host the Bucks this week. They visit the Panthers next week. Um, then they host the Colts in week 16. And that's probably the game that... If you're the Saints, you should hope that that's the game where you look at and be like, man, hopefully the Colts can put together a game because the Colts are a good team. Um, then they host, they, they visit the Bears, a team that, you know, it's funny because the Bears are a team that I would think otherwise maybe would be tanking, but because they're going to have the first overall pick from the Panthers, <laughs> regardless, maybe they do go well and they, they, they're trying to see what they have in Justin Fields. So they do the have State, their first round pick though, still too. Yeah. Well, right, 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 right. But there's not as much incentive in terms of like, you know, you, you it's not like as mission critical when you know yeah, you're yeah. we got it. We already got number one. Right. Like in, <laughs> and it's like tanking for the top pick isn't always the best option considering like the, the, the Texans technically lost themselves the top pick by winning in week 18. And, it you know, they ended up with the better player. Right. So, you know, it's funny because it's like everyone was ready to trash Lovey Smith for that. But it's like, you know. Didn't really matter. They got the guy. So who knows? But either way, like if the Saints finish with 10 wins, I think they make the postseason. Like I even if they finish with 10 wins 
and the Falcons also finish with 10 wins and win the division, I think 10 wins would be enough to get you to the wild card. So at the end of the day, I think they probably do still control their own destiny. Like you don't see a lot of 10 win teams missing the playoffs. It just doesn't really happen. So like while you're listening to this and saying you really think they're going to win their final five games. No, probably not. But you, you, you got winnable games. Like there's no excuse for not winning the next two games. And if you can win the next two games and put yourself in a position where you can go out to LA, then, you know, you have a chance, but the only way that matters is if you beat the worst team in the league and then you beat maybe the second worst team in the league, not by record, but by the fact that they like, if you've ever watched the giants play this year, you know that they're bad. So like, if you it, like it, Tommy DeVito. Yeah. And he's going to start over Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is yeah. back and they're sticking with Tommy. Everyone's, everyone's trying to find the next Brock Purdy, right? Like, everyone <laughs> thinks, like well, right. They could, maybe we can find it too. Like, you know, Bailey Zappi was the the hot name last year, and now he's like, right. well, he's bad too. Who was the um, guy uh, behind Dak? He was he got a run too for a little Cooper bit. Cooper Rush, yeah, there you go, he right? Had a good run, but he wasn't good. I mean, he's just he's yeah. like a twenty eight year old career backup, right? So <laughs> you know, that's kind of where you're at. But for the Saints, all you can do is win your next two games and see where the chips fall, and then go and win your next three, and then go win, go one and zero each week, right? We you know, definitely the, need one to know this weekend, man. Oof. The funny thing is, I'm not sure technically who I want to root for between the Bucks and the Falcons. That is a toughie. I don't know either. Because either way, you lose the tiebreaker. And it's like everyone's talking about the Falcons. But like, I guess I guess you want the Bucks to win because they're three. Then, the Falcons are three and oh in the division. Yeah, well, it's not the division record. You're not going to overtake the Falcons in division record. I don't think it's even possible. Because they would have to lose to the Panthers for that to happen. Um, so I don't. I'm not going to bet on that. Yeah, I was just trying to think of all the tiebreakers and what and things end up coming down to. Yeah, it's too early to go through tiebreakers, in my opinion. But <laughs> like, to, I don't think that there's a scenario where you will end up having a better division record than the Falcons. So, but I do think that you need them to lose anywhere, and if it's, you're better off having it happen early, so that you're not waiting and hoping in week eight to week 17, right? In week 16. So if it happens this week, but then it means that you have must win. Ga- like if the Bucks lose, it basically takes them out of the running. Um, I think they would be what four and or five and eight. Right. Four and eight. Yeah. Um, no, five, yeah. Cause both uh, Bucks and saints are five and seven. Yeah. So like, you know, it, it, and then you, but either way you need to win week 17 and week 18. So, like it's it's kind of fine. I guess you would I, I would root for the Bucks just did so in the sense that again, in that scenario where you do win your final five games and so do the Falcons. You're bringing Atlanta down to you. Kind yeah. of thing. Like I, I personally prefer to be in a situation where I can say I win my remaining games and I guarantee a spot in the postseason. Not being able to say that is demoralizing. And it's what we saw in 2021. And you know, it's like because crazy things can happen in winnable games, right? Like the Saints should have beat the Dolphins in week 17 or week 16 that year, but they lost their entire team to COVID. That was the most ridiculous <laughs> thing uh, I've seen in a long time from the league. And of course, it happened to New Orleans. Yeah. Well, I mean, it happened to a lot of teams that year. So it's not like they were alone in that. But but that, that was one of those, you know, I don't want to get off on a huge tangent on that. But it's like th- that Saints game should have been moved like other games were. But whatever, yeah. 
I mean, remember, remember that that ship has sailed. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not like this is something that comes up often. I'd be like, next time there's a global pandemic, I hope they handle it differently. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully, but hopefully right. the Superdome's got more life than the, uh, this Sunday than those COVID years because obviously it was a warehouse then. Yes, that's true. That's true. But maybe, maybe it is. Maybe there's five thousand fans in there again. <laughs> maybe that's what you get um but all right let's let's do x factors and get the heck out of here so you know who <laughs> you, if you're looking at offense who would you say you know what who's your guy who's your x factor in this game on offense i would love to say Taysom, but we don't know quite you know what's going on with him with a foot and, and hand injury hopefully he can yeah. play uh but it's it's got to be the main man the offense uh for this team is alvin Kamara, and we see it every see every year every uh week he's been putting up the numbers uh, receiving, running, uh, the guy can do it all. Just please get him the ball in his hands, and I got confidence we'll we'll get more points, uh, be able to score points with him toting the rock more. So yeah, I just want to see Alvin's involvement, uh, whether who, who whoever is that quarterback, Jameis, or you know Derek Carr, if he's able to clear the concussion protocol in time. Please just just feed Alvin. We we know that he's the most capable dude on this this field. Uh, like I said, unless if Taysom can play, I, I would lo- I'd love to see another heavy dose of Taysom. I love the amount of usage from him last week, whether it was planned or not. Yeah, no, I mean uh, that's that's going to be you know honestly it's like you talk about going from Jameis to or from Derek to Jameis potentially. I think not having Taysom would be almost as impactful Ugh, as right. that difference of like in terms of how it affects your offense and how much how much it takes out of your offense. Like it's not even like it's hard to even quantify in terms of like there's just certain there's just a lot of plays you can't run because he's not there. Um, and I, it would probably mean more Jimmy Graham. So maybe that would help people get on board. With would he get like, maybe two passes thrown to him? Then? Maybe. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hard to think of. Um, but. <laughs> All right, so for for me, I I you know I'm one guy who I think over the last few weeks has changed a lot of narratives about you know like if you go back a month month and a half everyone was on Chris Olave's ass right <laughs> everyone was talking about the effort and the inconsistency and you know the ball bouncing off his helmet in Indy and a couple plays where he went out of bounds or whatever maturity showed up off the field too with a speeding ticket oh my goodness yeah yeah and like the bucks game when he you know he he said he was kind of you know his his emotions got the better of him or whatever and call it loafing you know the jags game where you know the whole Derek Carr you know blow up and he ran the wrong route whatever um i think he's really the last couple of weeks i think he has really kind of locked in and been that guy that you know, like he had made some spectacular plays throughout the course of the season. Like he had been putting up numbers, but these last two weeks he has been the guy, and he's delivered. You know, um, he got 114 yards in the first half against against the Falcons, and it's like you know this should have been a way bigger game. You should be talking about 200 yard career day, but you know, obviously the concussion, whatever. This next game, five catches, 119 yards. This, this, these are games without Rashid Shahid, without Mike Thomas. He's going to be the focal point of the defense. He's still able to get it done. He's still able to get open. He's still able to make big plays. It's been a lot more yak this year. And so if, whether it's Derek or Jameis, they've got to be able to get him the ball. And that was my biggest critique of Jameis when he came in is just like you got to be on the same page with your star wide receiver. Like I get it. They haven't really gotten a lot of work 
together because Derek, like the backup doesn't get QB one reps. Right. But like, that's gotta be a connection that you can take advantage of because you're not winning. If you can't get him involved, he is the biggest piece of your offense and throwing the ball behind him, not giving him the, the chance to make a play that can't happen. Um, especially when he's open. Like if you're throwing it up into traffic and he's done, he can't come down with it. That's like, I'm not going to criticize the quarterback for giving a guy a chance, but when he's open, you got to put the ball on him, especially, you know, at when you're at the 40 yard line with a chance to go in for a touchdown. Like those are the type of situations that's like, you can get close, but if you're not taking advantage of them, then, you know, it's funny because I say Chris Olave, but it's more the connection between the quarterback and the wide receiver. If it's Derek, I'm not concerned about it. If it's Jameis, I do wonder, you know, because I just don't think the rapport is as good um, in terms of timing, in terms of where the ball should be. And um, like the James one will that, throw it up for him, though. Well, the big play that Chris had was a tip ball. <laughs> yes. Like it's like so like, the, there was a if you look in the stat sheet, there was a big play from James to Chris. It was not how you would draw. So to me, that's it. To me, if you can it, like whether it's Derek or Jameis, if you can continue to get Chris Olave involved on big plays, especially if Rashid can't go. Um, I think that's going to be a huge factor. No, I like that a lot. Obviously, uh, Olave, um, much props to him. I, I, and I even said it after the game uh, this past week. Uh, kudos to him for coming back from that concussion and being able you know, to, to be that do- uh, dominant force on the field uh, for this team, for the offense, because they sure need him, obviously. Yeah, and I asked DA about it this week in terms of like, you know, like he, there was he, he said early in the season, like this is a guy who is very talented. We know he's talented. There's no questioning it. Sometimes the professionalism is not there in terms of being a pro every day. Like you can't take days off. This is the National Football League. <laughs> like, and and I think that that's a learning. <laughs> what was happening? I, I think that is kind of a that is kind of a learning thing. Like you have to kind of get to that point as a pro. And I think he's he's gotten there. He's he's done a lot better in that regard. And so I'm uh, I don't know. I'm proud of him. I think that's it's a little easier said than done. What what happened? What what was going on with your camera? I don't. I didn't put the camera on the laptop today. I was trying a different spot, and it was it's been a mess. So now you're like way in the corner. Yeah, I know. It's like I'm trying to lean in here. Yeah. But all right, let's uh let's get this done. Uh, X factors on defense. Go. Grandy man, where are you? It's been too long since Carl Granderson's gotten a sack. Uh, week eight against the Colts for crying out loud. Wow. I'm inspired, though, hearing from Dez in our Panthers segment that he expects the Saints to be able to take down Bryce at will. I'm hoping that's the case. We haven't seen this pass rush hit home in a while. Hopefully, maybe a 4-5 sack game could happen for this D against this Panthers squad, and I think that would be awesome because we just haven't had that from – that was one thing at least last season. The, the sacks were there. They're just not there this season. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a problem and uh you know yeah it's funny you look we go position by position the panthers really don't have receivers that scare you so i'm not gonna um sit here and tell you that you know paulson adebo or ike adam should swing this matchup but you know i do want to see them win i want to see them win i don't want to see them just kind of you know play and, and not make an impact on the game because the panthers are going to have to throw the ball because you're going to take away the run. Thielen is a problem, even though he's a vet. He's always been a damn problem with the Vikings, too. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, I don't think this is the same Adam Thielen that you saw with the with the Vikings. Sure. Um, I think they'll take him away. 
Um, the, the Panthers don't really have a, a tight end that scares you, right? Like this, thank God. Uh, that's a wild so, story there. Like, like I'm not worried about Tommy Tremble, right? Like he's not, it's not a guy that's going to, it's going to keep me up late. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you're probably, now. I think you're probably right. You know, in terms of, I don't care where the pressure comes from. I just <laughs> need pressure, right? Like whether it's linebackers, like I would love to see Zach Bond get used more as a pass rusher. Hey. Wild. That they've that that Zach Bond can rush the passer. Who could have who 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 possibly could have seen that coming? Uh, in terms of like, is something he did in college well, uh, and and for whatever reason in the NFL they were like, nah, you know, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, nah. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, but I think that pressure from the linebackers is also a, like I want to see sacks. I don't care who gets them. I just want to see Bryce Young <laughs> on his back. Um. <laughs> At least, at least twice, right? Cheers like to that for sure. I'm just so tired of of like quarterbacks being able to sit in the pocket and just kind of hop around, hop around, hop around, make a sandwich. You know, uh, it's like that's just not how this. That's not how it's not good defense. Um, so that's got to change. So yeah, I mean, whether it's Granderson, I'm not even going to pick a player. I just want you know whoever is sacking the quarterback, they're my expector. Yeah, and then uh, obviously we didn't have to worry about it last game with um, a mobile quarterback. But, you know, Bryce Young, we know, is not going to really tuck it and run, but he has the ability to be mobile. So I don't want to see him ripping off third and nine and getting a first down. I agree. <laughs> I agree. But all right, let's 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 end this. Let's get to it. Uh, Saints 5-7 and seven hosting the 111 Panthers. Barn burner. Uh, only they didn't flex whether- this game? Wow. The only question is whether everyone gets out of the barn in time because it's burning. It's burning. Uh, all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. Thanks again, Des Johnson, for coming on. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back at it Sunday. Uh, hopefully a more appreciative post-game pod than what we had to talk about against the Lions. Hopefully the Saints are the ones up 21 to nothing. Um, I think there's a potential for this game to go kind of like week five where the Saints dominate and everyone's still like, man. All right. <laughs> so, so we'll but def- see. Definitely for the post-game podcast, Jeff, it's going to be BYOB for everybody. Come, everyone come welcome. If, if definitely pour a drink. We're going to need them. Either way. Agreed. But all right. <laughs> Who that? Go Saints. Be easy, y'all. Who <laughs>